Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we have good news for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, it's always a Good News Friday when Susie Larson is with us. Uh, Susie has a brand new book out. And secondly, the fact that not only does she have a brand new book out, she's going to join me to talk about it, and we're going to give away a copy of the book as well. Now, this is the kind of devotional book that I think the church really needs right now. It's called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness, but it's not your kind of flowery, uh, yippy-dippy <laughs> kind of, You know, sometimes I'm, I'm not taking nothing away from anybody who writes a devotional book. I love good devotional books, and we have so many great authors that we've had here on the Bottom Line Show to talk about these uh, books. But Susie Larson's been through some stuff. And she's a, a, an author, she's a podcaster, she's got a radio program, and she, she talks for a living. It's kind of fun, we get together, we're like, hey, 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 you know, talking back and forth. But I just appreciate how raw, authentic, and vulnerable she is when she shares her message. This book, we've got a copy at thebottomlineshow.com. <coughs> Excuse me, if you want to get in on this dialogue, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line, not to necessarily talk with Susie, but rather to get in on the drawing for one of the, well, the copy of the book that we have available today here on the program. We've got some more good news too, especially if you are looking for a faith-based uh, upper educational institution. Uh, our friends at Patrick Henry College are in Southern California tomorrow for our KBRT listeners, uh, for KBRT AM 740 here in Southern California, from El basically from Ventura County all the way down to the uh, Mexican border. And then AM 1240, um, in East County, San Diego, uh, FM 103.3 National City, FM 100.7 in Corona. Um, there's an event happening at Calvary Chapel Mission Viejo tomorrow. It's a student leadership conference uh, sponsored by Patrick Henry College. Um, they're, they're here. Their president, Jack Hay, is going to join me uh, in the second hour to talk about this upcoming event and why this is the kind of thing. It's not going to be a big, huge blockbuster event per se, but it's one of those things where if you are a parent or especially as a grandparent, of a college-age student who is looking for a Christian college experience that really is Christian. And I mean that sincerely. Um, you know, there are a lot of Christian universities who've kind of gone left, and they've kind of become, like, kind of isn't necessarily a, a thing, but Christian in name only, it, it, we're getting to that point. And it's getting tougher and tougher to find the people of true Christian faith. And I mean this, uh, the, the, I, I say this with a heavy heart, I, I've noticed, and Lisa's picked up on this too, that uh, more and more uh, often than not, I find myself going to bed a little bit later, <laughs> wrestling with things a lot more. Uh, it's tougher to get up in the morning just because there's that emotional drain of what's happening spiritually in our nation. It's for the good because God is literally shaking the tree. I mean, this is his redemption story. There are so many signs of him preparing us for the Lord's return. But at the same time, there were so many people. I mean, if you thought it was bad in 2016, I know there were a lot of folks who said, oh my gosh, Donald Trump became the president and what does that mean about the church? You know, there was a lot of that conversation. For many people, uh, things have gotten, I think, better in their spiritual lives. Um, but when we look at the culture, if you were looking for a place to kind of hide behind, a political candidate or something like that, um, it's getting tougher and tougher to do. And I think that's a good thing. If we think back to where the church was born in ancient Rome, first century, after the, Lord, uh, the Lord's uh, death and resurrection, 
you know, it was not a very friendly place for Christians. And as Americans, we have benefited mightily from the fact that we believe that this nation was founded on biblical principles. Obviously, a lot happened between the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution being signed 11 years later. A lot of the same ideals that were, I think, biblical, uh, America would have been fantastic if what we laid out in the Declaration of Independence had actually come to being. You know, all men created equal, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, you know, this, this kind of equality and unity type of thing. By the time the Constitution rolled around, it's like, yeah, if you're a white male landowner, this is going to be a great place for you. But other than that, it's going to take women over 100 years to get the right to vote. We've got all 20% of the population is still in, in slavery. And we're going to have members of the clergy who are going to go through and cut out parts of Scripture so it makes it look like this is what God really wants. And it's amazing what happens in our lives when we get out of God's way, isn't it? I mean, to be perfectly frank, I, I, speaking from personal experience, I know when I begin the morning in a posture of prayer with my head bowed and my hands cupped and raised, waiting for God to you know, place in there whatever he has in store for me that day, it doesn't go slipping through my fingers because my hands are wide open and they just kind of splash off. And it, they don't go bouncing off my forehead because I got my hands in the air going, oh, you know, whatever. I'm just there saying it, I, I, it's the theology of Dean Jones, the great actor from all those Disney movies back in the late 60s and early 70s, where he went from being one of the top box office stars in the world to not being able to get a job because of his Christian values. And hey, Dean, we want you to do the love scene and there's going to be nudity and profanity in this movie. And he's like, I can't do this movie. And basically he couldn't get work. I mean, I didn't see him again for years until he played the evil doctor in the Beethoven movies in the early 90s, right? But Dean had a simple philosophy. He was part of Jack Hayford's church on the way uh, in uh, Van Nuys, and he, and he said, but philosophy is very simple. I eat whatever God puts on my plate every day. It's really very simple, and uh, I, I think that serves us very, very well. Speaking of eating, and speaking of uh, showing our, our love more than just talking about it, so many people who had the Christian faith and were just talking about that faith um, have found themselves now in a kind of awkward position. And what is the awkward position? The awkward position is, well, how do I know I'm a Christian? How do I know my faith is really alive? And one way that we could demonstrate that our faith is in fact alive is by doing something. Now, this is a big bone of contention with a lot of people because there are those who say, yeah, you will do something to prove your faith. And other people will say, you will do something because you're compelled by your faith. Either way, God is going to sort that out and he's going to judge it. But our first good news story today kind of focuses on the fact that there are people in our culture today who don't have enough to eat. There are people who get victimized by disaster and things of that nature. There are people who are facing unplanned pregnancies that don't quite know what to do with them. You and I could say, well, of course, you should know what to do because if you're a Christian, there's one option. You're going to be a parent or you're going to release that child for adoption. There's two options. Um, our friends at Preborn uh, talk about this all the time in the fact that if you make a donation to Preborn, you give a $28 donation and that donation goes exclusively to funding ultrasounds. And the ultrasounds tell the truth about what's happening inside the mother's womb. You know, it, it's, we don't have to be judgmental. We don't have to be condemning. We just tell the truth. When you go online to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com, Click on the preborn banner. You're good to go. Your good $28 donation uh, covers one ultrasound. A uh, $56 donation makes two. 280 makes 10. And Dennis Wilson's $5,000 matching gift is still in effect now through the end of the month. So take advantage of that. Give your best gift at uh, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, B-A-B-Y. 
or go online to kbrightradio.com and click on the preborn banner. The reason I bring up this you know, action type of thing is, is uh, Chick-fil-A has uh, had a good reputation over the years for the most part of being a faith-based organization. In recent years, the Chick-fil-A Foundation has made some rather questionable decisions that I'm not really <laughs> thrilled with, but you got to give credit where credit is due. And uh, recently, they got together first of the month and uh, their corporate staff and owner operators got together and they spent a couple of hours at their annual conference and they said, what could we do here? Now, the Chick-fil-A owner operators, there's something like 3,000 different Chick-fil-A restaurants all across the country. They all got together for their annual conference in Orlando, Florida, and they asked the question, what can we do to help people with disaster relief as far as food, because that's what we do, we're a food company, and uh, also for people who are less fortunate in rural areas that may not have access to, you know, they're dealing with what they call, uh, they're just experiencing hum hunger. So Chick-fil-A got together along with a group called US, U.S. Hunger and another one called Convoy of Hope. And Convoy of Hope is a faith-based disaster relief organization. If you look at their website, they say we're not political. We don't endorse candidates. All we do is bring hope to people in the form of food and disaster relief. So Chick-fil-A gets together with Convoy of Hope and U.S. Hunger. They're at their corporate meeting. There's 3,000 operators there in Orlando back on February 5th. And they started packing some red lentil jambalaya meals that I guess are the ones that travel the best and you know don't have to worry about expiration dates, things of that nature. Guess how many they packed in two hours? They packed two million meals. Incredible. Two million meals for disaster relief packed in two hours. Now, this is the question I think that, you know, when I, I talk a lot about preborn and say how easy it is to pick up the phone or go online to make a donation. You know, if your credit card information is already in your computer, and you just want to, do you want to use this card? Click. I challenge you, it's a $28 donation for an ultrasound. You can actually provide that ultrasound donation in 28 seconds or less. Chick-fil-A owner operators provided 2 million meals for disaster relief in two hours. We can do the same. Um, so check the article about the Convoy of Hope at thebottomlineshow.com and uh, click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation to Preborn today. As we continue, I was raving earlier about Susie Larson's brand new book, Waking Up to Good, the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. We've got it up at thebottomlineshow.com. Susie's waiting in the wings to join me on the other side of this break to talk about it, and that's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. I can't say enough about Preborn, and I'm going to keep talking about them because I love what this organization stands for. Basically, what they stand for is the truth, the truth and the science, the truth and the science and being honest about the situation that a woman is facing when she is facing an unplanned pregnancy. Did you know this is a problem within the church? 60% of the women who have abortions in the United States do so after already having given birth at least once. 54% of the women who have abortions in the United States are church-going women if not Bible-believing, born-again Christians. So what does that say? It tells me that we in the church need to do a better job of educating people as to what's really going on when a woman tests positive for pregnancy, as they say. Go to a pre-born clinic, they'll do the pregnancy test, then they will do an ultrasound. And the ultrasound technology will show you the pictures of the child in the womb, and then they'll tell you the three options, not the two that the abortion clinics. Abortion clinics say, either you're gonna be a parent that's gonna be expensive and ruin your life, just have an abortion. The third option is adoption, and Preborn recommends adoption every single time a woman comes in with an unplanned pregnancy. 85% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and have the ultrasound choose life for their baby. You can help in this effort. Make your one-time donation to Preborn today. Go to kbrightradio.com and click on the Preborn banner.
Today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to take a look at something that's perfect for this time of year because we're in this Lenten season. 40 days is a period where we sit there and take some time to reflect and 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 uh, look at our the repentance that we need to be engaged in so we can experience the true reconciliation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But that's tough because life is filled with struggles. And sometimes you're thinking, hey, I'm a Christian now, so my life should be a lot better than it actually is. Why am I not experiencing the good life? Well, today here on The Bottom Line Show, Susie Larson is with us, got a brand new book out called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. There's a link to the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Susie Larson, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Always good to be with you. Thanks for having me, Roger. Well, and it's good to see you, too. I mean, for those who are watching on MyHopeNow.com, we have this great video channel. Susie gets the award right now for having the best camera of anybody we've worked <laughs> with so far. This is fantastic. And we'll, be, we'll have this little side channel, a little podcast, Tech Talk with Roger and Susie, because neither one of us know anything about this stuff. But, no, exactly. Uh, I can take no credit for the camera, even. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Susie Larson, of course, best-selling author, national speaker, host of the popular radio show, Susie Larson Live, uh, two time finalist for the John Maxwell Transformational Leadership Award. And uh, you just are such an inspiration to so many different people, Susie. How do you keep it all together? I mean, you you, you seemingly are living what, the good life that a lot of people are going to read your book and say, hey, I, I want that kind of life like Susie has, but it's not working for me. How do you guys oh, like, hold it all together? If you only knew how much time I literally spent on my knees because the enemy mm has had our whole life to steady us. And he knows what makes our knees buckle. He knows what terrorizes us, makes us afraid. And Roger, I feel like uh, he's pulling out all the stops right now to really poke at our fears and our mm-hmm. unresolved um, hurts in our story, um, maybe unmet expectations that we had in God. And so nobody has it all together. Um, truly, God's holding it all together. But I mean, truly, I mean, just yesterday I was pacing the floor you know, speaking out his promises, calling my prayer warrior friends saying, I, I need prayer because the health stuff that I deal with is, is still a very big reality. I've come so far mm-hmm. and more healed than I've ever been before, but it Amen. is a place where that enemy can poke at me. And sometimes he really fights dirty. So I'd say all <laughs> times actually, but, um, but I will tell you one thing I've been doing lately is, you know, how God asks for an offering of praise. You know, I, we've heard of thanking God in the battle and that has yeah. always made sense to me because it's, like the eyes of our hearts open when we are in a posture of gratitude and praise. And truly, when you get into ingratitude and whining and complaining, I mm-hmm. really do believe you dull your spiritual vision. Amen. Thanking God in the battle is something I've been able to do for a long time. But thanking him for the battle has been a new thing for me. And um, that seems um, it like it doesn't make sense when the battles are so personal and so painful. But I'm just telling you that when I, at this age and stage of my life now, when I look back at the battles that I thought were going to swallow me whole and what they forged in me and how God showed himself strong on my behalf, I thought I can thank him in and for the battles right now, because what you allow you're redeeming. And uh, so I don't want anybody to think that I'm on easy street because I'm absolutely not. I I feel like I'm in hand-to-hand combat a lot, but I know something about God now that I didn't know before my battles. And Mm -hmm. I think if, if we as believers could really come to grips with the true goodness of God, we would, our, our physiology would change because it's not good for any of us to live in this posture of bracing for impact. And I'll just say one more thing about that. And that 
how this book was born for me um, was being in a posture of bracing for impact. I, I had a massive health relapse for the, some of your listeners know, but not everybody, but I contracted Lyme disease during my pregnancy over 30 years ago. was really, really sick for a good handful of years. Then for about 20 years, I functioned. I was a, and worked in fitness and I'm a fighter and I'm like, I want life, not death. So I, I did everything I could with diet, exercise. And I would say four times a year, my face would start to go numb. My arms would go numb. The vision would blur. And I'm like, oh, here it comes. And I would get mm -hmm. knocked off and I couldn't get out of bed. and was really sick and felt crummy for a while. And then I came back up swinging again. And mm -hmm. that's sort of how it worked for about 20 years. And then about eight years ago, I had a brutal relapse that was not just Lyme, but it was mold toxicity that attacked my brain. Mm. And I'm a live talk radio host, as you know, you right. have, to have an economy <laughs> of words. You got to yes. be able to think on your feet. And suddenly I was grabbing the wrong words for my sentences. I was mm. writing a book and forgot how to spell very basic words that I had to Google. And I brain damage from mold exposure. Mm. And apparently people with chronic Lyme can't process mold. And I was unknowingly exposed to black mold. Long story short, I was having these surges of symptoms that were so terrifying. I mean, they were like mimicked like a stroke. So like my mm. heart would start to beat, numbing would go up my neck and into my jaw. My vision would blur. And I literally was pacing the floor down here. Just I've I've worn some pads in this carpet. I'll just tell you, <laughs> but that I was just you know breathing, praying, and by morning I would say, "You have to kill me or heal me," because I can't mm. keep doing this. And mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine in that place said, "Susie," she said it was so much compassion, but she said, "It seems like you're lit waiting for the next shoe to drop. You're living like you're waiting for the next shoe to drop, and embracing for impact." And um, she had no judgment in her heart. And um, I think you got to be so careful when someone's suffering that you don't have any judgment in your heart if you're bringing a hard word. But it was it was so much compassion that I I initially was thinking, well, isn't that sort of the natural response to a unpredictable disease? But her mm -hmm. compassion quickened me and I thought there's something more here. So I went to the Lord and I'm like, is there is there more that I'm not seeing? Would you show me my heart? And he showed me I was hurt by him and disappointed in him. Mm. And I, I fear God so much that I would never run around going, I'm mad at God. You know, mm -hmm. I think that right. people who do that are, God bless you, but I think you're immature because yes. you'll grow out of it because you, hopefully yeah. you'll come to a place where you fear yeah. God enough to not say that. Right. I was getting up every morning, spending time in the word. I was going after it on my show to steward whatever time God gave, but in the basement of my soul in a place that I hadn't really realized was a disappointment and a hurt mm -hmm. because that God allowed such a brutal battle at this stage of my life. And what happened out of that place, Roger, was just learning um, that if you don't address the unresolved places in your story, the hurts in your story, the comparisons, the expectations, those are like open loops in your mm -hmm. mind and in your mm -hmm. heart. And those are the places the enemy gets in because what he wants to do is to get you to accuse God of things that the devil's actually guilty of. Mm. So you got to close those loops. And the only way that you do that is to have a right view of God. And so this book is really a healing balm. It's meant to be to get to build a case for the goodness of God and his good intentions for you. And as you do that, you'll be more quick to discern the enemy's lives for what they are. But I would submit your whole physiology will heal excuse me, when you move out of that posture into a place of expectancy. Boy, that's such a, there's so much to unpack here. I want to remind those who are just tuning in 
that you're listening to Susie Larson join me today here on The Bottom Line, and we're talking about her brand new book called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and knowing what Susie talks about in the intro of the book, she talks about this whole bracing for impact thing. I know we've both probably had opportunities to be with Jim Caviezel, uh, the guy who played Jesus, of course, in the in the Passion of the Christ, and, and when he and I were talking, this is probably about six years ago, and he was describing what it was like to film that movie. And he said, you know, one of the toughest things for him was the scene where Jesus is being struck by the soldiers. And he said, because quite frankly, you can't see where the where the hit's coming from. And so you're constantly in a state of where's it coming? And I know in the script where it's supposed to happen, <laughs> but until it actually does happen, it's kind of like a Chinese water torture. And the idea that so many of us are saying, I want to be prepared, and we think we're being good stewards with our health or our minds or our faith, and yet you're just waiting for the next shoe to drop. You had this revelatory moment, and the title of the book is Waking Up to the Goodness of God. If I didn't know your story and I just saw the cover, I'd go, oh, this is cool. Susie's kind of bright and chipper, and I like listening to her program, and this has got a sunrise, and this is really great. How should I use this book once I open it up and go, okay, now I know there, there's a lot more depth here than this is not just kind of a frothy, if you will, lighthearted, whimsical, devotional book. Oh, I'm so glad you see that because yeah, I don't do fluff. Uh, because I would <laughs> well, say, I know that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every every piece of wisdom God's entrusted to me has been hard fought, and the battle right. just really has. Nothing has come easy, and and the waking up isn't mean that this book is for morning people. It's being right. awakened, awakened, because what we want, Roger, so often is a life of ease, but that yeah. is not where heroes are born. It just isn't. And what happens, I think, especially how crazy the world has gone. People um, are doing one of two things. They're either numbing out and either entertaining themselves to death because they don't want to feel or face what's happening, mm -hmm. or they're shaking their fist at the darkness. And neither of those sets you free. Amen. Both of those reinforces your captivity. And the question has to be, what are you trying so hard not to feel? Because whatever's happening around us brings stuff up in us. In one of my older books, Fully Alive, I say, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. So mm -hmm. what are the storms, whether they're cultural, political, or personal under, under your roof, what are they revealing? Because if you quiet your heart and don't be so quick to, to numb out or kind of compensate um, and medicate or whatever that is, if you could just pause for a little bit and say, God, show me my heart. He's such a good father. And he, he operates with the skill of a surgeon to excise the lie, to extract the lie, you know, and the poison that's in your soul. What he wants to do is heal you. And Roger, you know this, it's like, Every time you say things, pray things, think things, it sets off a neurological and hormonal reaction in your body. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, I, I feel things deeply and I have a strong sense of justice. So I catch myself at times watching the news and getting so mad at a politician. Mm. And the Lord keeps reminding me, you have to steward your perspective as an heir mm -hmm. of God. You don't get to just go where you want in your mind and in your heart. And do you care more about their lostness than you do about their policies? Mm. Because as a Christ follower, you should see. Paul says we regard no one from a worldly point of view. So all of that to say, all of these things that are in our lives are actually opportunities. They're packed with eternal opportunities and an invitation for God to show us our hearts so he can lead us to a place where the enemy has less real estate in our lives. Susie Larson, what a great conversation today. What a great book, too. The book is called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And as our, is our custom, whenever Susie's here, we give away a copy of her book. Love these Good News Friday giveaways. One copy to give away at 800-227-5278. 
800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Susie Larson is my guest. And if you have ever been disappointed because you were looking for the good life here in this culture, and either you've had struggles in life or maybe you were living the good life and then it all fell apart. I was watching a, uh, a guy who's a reality TV star. He's written a book about kind of turning his life around, but he was talking about how everything fell apart when his wife was leaving him. He had had surgery for cancer. He was addicted to pain pills and he, lo- he had a mansion. He had a boat. He had a motorcycle. He had a fancy car. He had a fancy SUV. He said he lost all of it. And I remember thinking, you know, here, well, here's the guy eight years later. He's, uh, he's doing better. I wonder if he has a faith story. But let's face it, Proverbs 14.30, a heart of peace gives life to the body. So if you're dealing with dissatisfaction and wondering why the good life let you down, how can you wake up to the fact that God is good in his nature? And as his children, we experience that goodness all the time by the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Susie Larson's new devotional book will be a game changer for you if you've been going through a season of discouragement. The book is called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we do have a copy of this book we're giving away today. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, Waking Up to the Goodness of God by Susie Larson, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. And if anybody understands what it's like to say, I thought I had the good life and it let me down or I've experienced hardship. Why, I'm walking with the Lord and yet there was sexual assault, there was domestic abuse, there was a job loss, there was some kind of catastrophe that hit your family and you keep asking God why. Uh, I was talking to one uh, patriarch of a family, a husband who's got a wife and kids, and we were talking about how tw- 2024 has been going for him. And he said, you know, we started the year literally on our knees, praying, dedicating it January 1st, you know, right at the stroke of midnight, everybody else is popping champagne and we're praying. And he said, and then over the next six weeks, it has just been hell on earth. And I said, well, is it hell on earth or is it God unleashing his goodness and the enemy is not happy? He goes, well, I think it's more the latter than the former. But still, if you're going through that right now, this is the resource for you. Susie Larson, waking up to the goodness of God, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. More of my conversation with Susie in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Personal injury attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law will fight for justice on your behalf. She has to fight because no insurance company will willingly pay what you've lost after an accident. When you're in an accident, you take legal action simply to be restored to where you were prior to your injuries. Money may be needed for medical treatment, financial restitution for lost time at work, or any other thing that you've lost as a direct result of the injury. Stephanie's desire is for justice, to find what was taken from you due to your injury and have it restored for you. Stephanie will become your advocate, passionately helping you make sure that your doctor's appointments are productive, the insurance companies are being honest, and she'll make those calls that you don't have time for. Go with K-Bright's trusted personal injury attorney who will help make you whole again. Stephanie Cover at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R and get back to your life. Susie Larson today here on The Bottom Line. Her new book is called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. One of the, the, the entries that you have in the book, I love this title and I just love the what, what you do with this here. 
kind of following up on the bracing for impact part, I know there are a lot of Christians who really feel as though they're thriving in life. They really feel as though, you know, God's blessed them, they're moving forward, things are going okay, a couple of storms here and there, but we all dry out at the end. And yet at the same time, we realize that that's not necessarily thriving in the Christian life. That's just coping. We're just, we're just getting by, you know, we're just making it happen. You're challenging us saying, look, I've been through this and I'm still going through this. I think that's the, the thing that I take away from your testimony is it's not that I've got it all figured out, but, you know, still beating your body, making it your slave, you know, say, trying to take all these things in. You don't want to lose hold. Um, talk about why it's important to move from coping to consecration, as you put it. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was an embarrassing chapter for me to write. Uh, um, but we all have our stories and we're all prone to wander. Each have our own bent to sin, right? And I, I went the, the struggle, this battle, I, I was several years in. Um, and it was so interesting. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, Roger, where, you know, God is speaking to you and through you in all these areas out here. But in the one area that matters most to you, it's crickets. You know, that's mm -hmm. how it was. It's right. like, I pray for someone and they get the job. I pray for someone, they're healed, you know, and they got, they recovered quickly or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, Lord, what about this battle? Well, I mean, this is in my face and it's mm -hmm. terrifying me. And it would, uh, nothing. It was like, he, like he lost my address or something, you know? Right, and I, right. it, that's where the hurt came, but I, I fear God so much. I wasn't nurturing that. It just, I, I sort of shoved it down. And so what did I do? I went shopping and I don't even mm. like to shop. I, I really <laughs> hate shopping actually, <laughs> but I, I have a friend who owns this boutique and I walked out with a handful of outfits and they were hanging in the closet didn't think much of it. And then one day I walked in and saw the tags dangling from the outfits and I was at once convicted. And now some may not get this because they may think it's legalistic, but I would have to submit if you are filled with the spirit of God, we all know the difference between, uh, uh, you know, a gift of enjoyment and unhealthy indulgence, right? Mm. Where there's times where God says, taste and see, you know, eat yeah, the cheesecake, yeah. buy the cute outfit. But there's other times, you know, someone for someone that might be, I want you to do that for the other you've done that 10 times already because you're trying not to feel your pain. So it mm. really has to be so between you and the Lord. But I walked in and saw those dangling price tags. I knew right away because of the way the Holy Spirit convicts that I was doing a new thing for me because God wasn't doing a new thing in me. Mm. I, I just, I, I did. I'm like, mm -hmm. I didn't set out to do that, right? but I subconsciously did. And when I saw that, I went to my knees in my closet and I said, God, forgive me. You know, you're always doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. And my eyes are so on my symptoms and so on the fear around those symptoms that I've lost sight of you. And um, interrupt if you need me, if you need to, Roger, but I'll just no. say one more thing about, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, in Jeremiah 17, 7, it says, uh, blessed are those who hope in the Lord, who've made the Lord their, their, their hope and their confidence. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. They've made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They're like trees planted by streams of living water. Mm. Their roots go down mm. into the water, right? They're not bothered by the heat or the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they continue to bear fruit. Well, God brought me back to that passage over and over again, going, when you are so firmly planted in me, you're not going to be shaken by the elements, by the heat, by the drought. You're not going to be right. shaken by the right. elements because you're grounded in me. Well, one day, then he brought me to the verse right before that. And it says, cursed are those who hope in man and man-made mm. solutions. They're mm -hmm. like stunted shrubs in the desert. So basically you're stunting your own growth when you're looking at anything but God. If you're looking at, I, I want this politician out and I want this politician right. in. If you're mm -hmm. going, my hope is in that doctor or my hope is in my boss or my spouse. Like you're looking to anybody else as a source and not a gift. 
uh, you are stunting your spiritual growth. You're planting yourself in a desert. And then the uh, New King James reads it closest to the original translation. You don't see it in some of the newer translations, but there's one line added. It says, and they don't see goodness when it comes. Mm. So when you take your eyes off of the Lord and you're putting yeah. it on anything else, you're like a stunted shrub in the desert. You're stunting your spiritual growth and you miss goodness when it comes. And yeah. what I was doing was verse six. That's why I didn't see goodness when it came, because I was looking at symptoms. I was borrowing tomorrow's right. you know, trouble, all of that. He was doing good things. And so one of the ways I recovered that posture, bracing for impact to anticipating God's goodness. I mean, God just showed me so clearly you can't at once live with locked elbows and open hands to receive. You can't, mm. you can't have both postures at the mm -hmm, same time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, show me the way out of this because it was almost like a visceral trauma response for me. Yeah. And uh, he just said, start with thanking me today for the things you'd miss tomorrow if they were gone. Hmm. And um, I thought, how many things do we take so for granted that God has provided that we would miss tomorrow if they were gone? So I started to look at each blessing in my life with a gift tag to Susie from God. Hmm. So it wasn't just about counting my blessings and amassing. Look at how blessed I am. It hmm. literally was tethering every blessing to a father who gives good gifts to his children. And he's meticulous. He knows what would bless me is different than what would bless you. And he's specifically blessed me with things. And as soon as I started to not only count that blessing, but name it and trace it back to God, I was building a case for the goodness of God in my heart and in my brain. And that's one of the things in this book. I want to retrain your heart and mind, form new neural pathways based on the goodness of God. And something changed in me just doing that. Something started to change. And my husband said, you look different. Like your eyes mm. look different and your, mm -hmm. your posture looks different. And I could literally feel my cells opening up again because I wasn't stuck in fight flight. So there's a case to be made and healing comes in layers. And my invitation is to take it one step at a time and let God show you your heart so he can heal it. Oh, that's such beautiful, a beautiful sentiment and a wonderful statement from Susie Larson today here on The Bottom Line. The book, by the way, is called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. Nothing but five-star reviews on Amazon, and you can see why when you hear the passion that uh, Susie has for uh, giving the presentation here, but also uh, what she pours into each page of this book. The link is up at thebottomlineshow.com. As you were describing uh, everything that you've been through and the way God is literally rewiring your brain, which is a neurological fact, it's a reality. I mean, that it can happen. So we don't have to be so set in our ways. But if we don't open ourselves up to it, then we are going to be stuck in that in that sedentary ways. This is something you use a term holy expectancy. Is that kind of what you're describing here? Oh, absolutely. Yes. About? Yeah. Yes, take, yes. take the last minute or so and kind of help us understand why that's the posture to have. Storms are going to happen. Problems are going to come up. They may be a serious health challenge. We may look at the world around us and say, God, where are you? Because we believe that we're one nation, you know, under God and you've blessed us. Here, you're taking your hand off. But if we bring it down to the holy expectancy, first and foremost, it seems like everything's going to look and feel a lot different. Oh, so much. And again, you can't take that giant leap overnight. You just, because there's, there's a practice, no one can renew your mind for you. So to take some time to be applying yourself every day, imprinting his loving kindness on your heart, then you'll see the sprouts because most of the most miraculous things that have happened in our lives, Kevs and mine, have been little sprouts, little things at a time. And over time they grew and became something that was significant. So I would just tell you that as you set your mind on the Lord and you tell your soul, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And anything he says no to in this life, it's because there's a capital yes in the next life. Mm. Life on earth is short. Eternity is long. And in the end, we're going to win. And he's going to redeem every single part of our story. So we've got much to look forward to.
And even if I, I'm going to, may I quote you on that? I mean, <laughs> whatever, whatever you believe is promised to you here and it doesn't show up here, it's going to be in the next life. It's going to be in the next experience. This is such a vapor. And yet for some of us, sometimes it feels like this is all we're ever going to get. But Susie, you've really challenged us today, stirred our hearts with this brand new book, but also with your words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Waking Up to the Goodness of God by Susie Larson, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. The link for the book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. And remember, if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio right now or the podcast, be sure to go back to My Hope Now and you can watch Susie and I having this conversation here together with her super great camera and my <laughs> computer camera that makes me look like it's a 1970s portrait of what I used to look like back in the day. But uh, it's a lot of fun. Susie, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for your, your passion for this. And thank you for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. And as always, thank you for your hospitality. Thanks for having me. Wow, what a powerful conversation. Great discussion, as always, with our friend Susie Larson today here on The Bottom Line. We've been talking about her powerful new devotional, which is simply, uh, it's one of those ones where you look at it and say, boy, that title is simply just kind of, uh, I don't want to say simple, but it's very basic. Because oftentimes we don't realize when we think about the goodness of God, we think about the good life here. And the good life here isn't necessarily anywhere close to the goodness of God. And yet there is a way you can retrain your brain. You can renew your mind to notice God's goodness and make that your default setting instead of just that survival mode that so many of us get stuck in. Susie's book is a great, uh, a great brain exercise, if you will, but also a heart one too. The book is called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we do have a copy of the book that we're giving away today. <clears throat> we do have a copy of the book we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, on the other side of this break, we're going to get into another Good News Friday story that doesn't sound like good news, but in the spirit of, I mean, good news, but in the spirit of what we've just been discussing with Susie Larson, I want us to see if we can do kind of a, uh, an exercise, if you will, with regard to what the goodness of God looks like against the backdrop of the culture that is kind of foreboding. There's a new report out that talks about planning for retirement. And I have some really strong <laughs> thoughts about what retirement really looks like. But I think it's actually, it sounds like a bad thing. For, uh, for Forbes magazine, Fortune magazine, one of the two, uh, posted this article about the idea that uh, the good life is kind of evading, uh, kind of a, a, elusive to those in Generation X. And I want to make a case for why I think this report that they listed as something that's kind of a dark cloud is actually more of a silver lining. Okay, so let's get into that coming up next as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Susie Larson, host of Susie Larson Live and uh, the author of a brand new book called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. If you are literally kind of struggling in faith right now you look at the goodness of god and feel like it's let you down you know that uh, that that god really doesn't care about your situation a lot of us have been there we've been we've pursued the good life and it left us empty life struggles are just too challenging you know that type of thing uh this is a book that will help kind of retrain your heart mind and soul the book, Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. It's up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we do have a copy of the book we're giving away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, 
Um, I mentioned before the break that I had a Good News Friday story that doesn't always seem like good news. As a matter of fact, it was Fortune magazine. I said it was either Fortune or Forbes, one of those F magazines. Uh, Fortune magazine posted this uh, last week. And they did so with regard to, uh, you know, kind of letting people know that uh, there's been a change. This is a commentary on personal finance written by a woman called Tiffany uh, Potesta. And she has written this uh, article with regard to, um, uh, she's the chief strategy officer and head of U.S. client group at Schroeder's. I'm not familiar with Schroeder's at all, but she's got some interesting statistics about a recent survey with regard to Generation X and retirement. Now, when it comes to Generation X, if you're familiar with the demographics, of course, everybody's heard about the baby boomers. Those are people who were born right after World War II. Um, technically, officially, I believe the baby boom went from 1943 to 1964, if I remember correctly, or it might be 1946, but um, the boomer generation, which means the oldest boomers now are 80, 81. The generation before them who were born during the Great Depression are called the greatest generation. And uh, those people are living to be 100 now. Good for you if you're in. And I know you're in that category because you should see the call sheets. We might get 40, 50 calls during the week here on the Bottom Line Show. And the number of people who are 80 or 90 or older is probably 20% of our listenership. It's amazing how many people in their 30s and 40s listen, how many people in their 80s and 90s. Of course, the, the sweet spot still, if you're in your 60s or 70s, this is kind of your show. But after uh, the greatest generation, then the baby boom, then came something called Generation X. And those are the young people who are born at the tail end of the baby boom. Officially, it started in 1965, and it goes until 1981. And then millennials came in in 1982, and the reason was because they were the oldest millennials turned 18 at the turn of the century. So that's where they got the millennial. Then there's Generation Z, and then there's Generation Alpha, there's Generation Zoom. I mean, there's all sorts of things after that. But Generation X is now getting toward retirement age. The oldest Generation Xers are going to be turning 60 next year, which means they're getting close to retirement age. And depending on who you work for, you could retire at 55, you could retire at 50. A lot of Generation X are now retiring, or at least of retirement age. The problem is they're not having the same good fortune that their baby boomer parents did because, or their greatest generation parents did because life has changed. Here's how the, uh, the article starts. Retirement in America is undergoing a generational change that needs to be acknowledged. As baby boomers age out of the workforce, many continue to be sustained by the traditional defined benefit pension plans. That basically means you worked for like a state agency, you made $100,000 a year during your uh, working years, and then you get 80 to 90% of that in retirement until you pass away. That's a defined benefit. A defined contribution is like your company IRA or 401k or 403b if you work for a nonprofit where you make $100,000 a year, you can put up to 15% of that in a deferred account. Your employer matches it to 3, 4, 5%. I worked for a company one time that matched it 40%. Incredible, but I digress. Then you that money accumulates, but it goes into the market and it either goes up or down depending on what the market does. So there's no consistency. When you retire, you might have started with putting 15000 a year into your account, whatever, and you might have a quarter of a million dollars, you might have a million bucks, you might have 100000 You've heard Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial say, hey, during the last Great Recession, the 401k became renowned as the 201k because a lot of the value was cut in half. And by the way, if you have some retirement money on hand, Dennis Wilson does have an incredible opportunity. If you're in a traditional IRA, 
and you want to get into a Roth IRA and you don't want to feel the sting of the transfer where you take all that money out, have to pay tax on it, have to pay a penalty for early withdrawal, and then you put it into another account. Dennis's 19% account can take that sting away and that 19% is guaranteed for three years. So 19% this year to take away the sting, 19% the next year and the year afterwards to make that pain really go away. 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970. Call Dennis Wilson today. Schroeder's uh, financial organization has recently released the 2023 retirement survey. And they talked to people who are in the greatest generation. They talked to baby boomers, generation Xers, millennials to ask them, do you feel like you're ready for retirement? In their recent survey, 61% of non-retired Generation Xers are not confident in their ability to achieve a quote-unquote dream retirement. 49% of millennials say the same thing. 53% of non-retired baby boomers, quite frankly, a dream retirement for Gen Xers doesn't mean lavish holidays and private yachts. It means the lowest level of minimum financial certainty to meet the changing needs as we grow older. 47% of Gen Xers think that Social Security will run out of money. Baby boomers, it's only 38%. 11% of people in Generation X said that they would wait until age 70 to receive full Social Security. 84% of Gen X respondents reported being concerned or even terrified that once they get into retirement, they won't receive a regular paycheck. And many realize that they're going to keep having to work to try to, you know, keep paying the bills. In other words, the retirement for Generation X is going to be a lot less comfortable than it is for your parents or for your grandparents. Now, Generation Xers estimate that they would need approximately $1.1 million in savings to retire. They also figure that they're going to stop working with only $660,000 saved. That leaves about a half million dollar gap. But are they really that realistic? In all honesty, as of 2020, the average account balance for for a private retirement account among Generation X workers was $129,994. Nowhere close to a million one. So I'm I'm sharing this and say, okay, what's the good news? Well, first of all, the good news is if you find yourself in that situation, call Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial at 800-696-9970 or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial and let Dennis get you on the right track. If you're a Gen Xer, maybe you're in your 50s and you've got about 10 to 15 years to retirement age, there's still time to do something about it, even if it's five years to retirement age. But on the other side of this break, I want to get into a little bit why I think this is actually good news. Good, good news indeed. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. For more than 50 years, Dennis Wilson has been offering better alternatives to what the market offers when it comes to investments like certificates of deposit and real estate investment trust. Dennis's 3D account pays even better than market interest rate. Here's Dennis to explain. So what is a 3D account and how does it work? A 3D account is a real estate-backed investment without Wall Street risk. It pays an amazing interest of 7% for the next three years. At the end of three years, you can take your money out. So you can see it's definitely not a REIT or you can reinvest it at 7% in a new program. Go ahead and call today and ask about the 7% account. And then while you're on the phone and ask about our accounts that are pays even higher amounts for funds over 250,000. 
Learn more about Dennis Wilson's 3D Money account, the better alternative to the Real Estate Investment Trust. Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Gloom and doom if you're a Gen Xer getting ready to retire or thinking about retirement because the defined benefit pension plans are gone. The 401ks and IRAs have been subject to market volatility and you think you need a million plus dollars to retire and you've got about 130,000 saved for retirement. Why do I think this is a good thing though? Because first and foremost, I want to introduce something to you kind of based on what Susie Larson and I were talking about just a moment ago with her devotional book about retraining your brain. How many of us grew up thinking that the goal of life as a Christian in America was to get a good education, get a good job, marry the right person, have 2.5 kids, go on vacations a couple times every three to four years. Um, then you hit 55 or 60 or whatever, you retire, your kids move off and get married, they have kids, then you enjoy the grandkids in retirement while you cruise the country in a Winnebago. I mean, honestly, how many of us thought that? I, I bring up Dennis Wilson a lot. Dennis and Kathy Wilson are in their late 70s. When I first met Dennis a little over 10 years ago, he told me I would like Wilson Financial to benefit from advertising on the Bottom Line Show because I'm ready to hand this thing over to my kids. Well, funny thing happened on the way to that. He started going to Africa more. He started getting involved more in missions. And Dennis is going great guns. I mean, he's he is just at the prime peak of performance and, and, and professionally and, and from the ministry standpoint. He doesn't have a retirement age. My dad worked until he was 80, part-time, albeit, but still. My kids recognized the fact that he was adjudicating, judging choral festivals in their high school district. My son and his then-girlfriend at the time, they're like, this is cool. Grandpa's going to be one of our judges. Here's the beauty of that, though. The state may tell you you have to retire at a certain age. Your company may tell you you have to retire at a certain age, but that doesn't mean that God is not done using you. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's good for us to keep working and working and working if you've got physical health challenges or you know whatever your family situation is, but I want to encourage you to not be discouraged by the fact that retirement in this country is changing. What happened if you're in the baby boom generation, well, especially in the greatest generation, if you had the right job with the right kind of employer, your retirement is once in a lifetime. It's never going to happen again in this country. But let's ask the question, how many people do you know who could be still kicking up dust for the Lord got out of that because, well, they had the money to? How many people, let's face it, during the pandemic, we all found this out, the less active you were, the more likely you were to stay inactive. That's not good. When you look at what happens in Scripture, sure, when people get older, you can't move about as quickly, but there's nowhere where it says, and then when Moses at age 80, he retired. That's when his life started getting really interesting. The concept of saying 55 is retirement age, right now, like in the People's Republic of California, if you work for the public employee system, you can retire at 50. I know people have done that, not because they wanted to, but because they got retired. Oh, you're a police officer. You have a bad back. We're retiring you. But I still want to serve. No, nope, you have a bad back. We're retiring you. Now what do you do? Here's 90% of your salary. Stay home. What do you do? See, this is where it gets interesting for us as Christians, especially in these strategic times. I want to encourage us. I want to exhort us 
to keep going. I hit retirement age this year, 62. I look at guys like Dennis Prager, who are still on the radio at 75, and say, I'm just getting warmed up. All of us on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast are about the same age. And not one of us has ever said, you know what, guys, it's about time for me to load up the Winnebago and hit Stuckey's every weekend. We're not doing that. And I want to encourage you to keep going, to keep pushing, to keep growing stronger, to keep using the gifts and talents that God's given you. Sure, you're going to use them in different ways because you're not as nimble as you used to be. You might have a little extra weight around the midsection, which you can always do your best to lose if you want to. But I encourage you, don't give up too quickly. Let God retrain you and, re and reuse you and repurpose you. It's that later season in life and God still has a lot of game for you left to play because this life is not all there is. You didn't work this hard to hit age 70 and say, well, now I'm going to stop. I think of my dear friend Cindy Ward and her dad, Court Braden. Court and his wife, Janet, are both 91, I believe. And if you are in South Orange County and you go to the Mission Viejo Mall, the shops of Mission Viejo, there's a very good chance you're going to see this very sweet elderly couple who will come up and ask you if you know the Lord because they're there every day witnessing, walking around, staying active, but asking people about their faith till their final breaths, they will be doing that because God continues to bless them in that way. Last call for Susie Larson's book, Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40 Days to the, Toward Healing and Wholeness. The book is up at thebottomlineshow.com, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day and weekend. Rabbi Schneider coming up next. For those who remain on the network, if you're looking for an opportunity to learn more about a great Christian college, uh, our friends at Patrick Henry College are going to be in town at Calvary Chapel Mission Viejo this weekend. Their president, Jack Hay, joins me for a conversation about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to get to meet a special friend, uh, a new uh, member of the broadcast team here at The Bottom Line Show because of a relationship that we have here at Crawford Broadcasting with the organization that he leads. Uh, Jack Hay is the third president of Patrick Henry College. He's served there faithfully for about uh, a decade now uh, after spending a number of uh, years in the banking world. And uh, he brings a heart for uh, ministry, and there's a great Patrick Henry-sponsored event coming to the Southland. And so we wanted to bring him on here on the Bottom Line Show to give you a chance to get to meet him. Uh, President Jack, hey, welcome to the Bottom Line Show. Thank you very much, Roger, and delighted to be here. We're excited about what Patrick Henry is doing, of course. This is a, a college that I was aware of through uh, a many-year relationship with uh, Dr. David Aikman, who was a regular contributor to the Bottom Line Show for years. And I know he was, uh, I believe, was adjunct faculty at one point at Patrick Henry and yes. a couple of other alums you know, that have found their way there. Um, Patrick Henry College uh, has a, a rich reputation on the East Coast, but there's definitely a West Coast connection, too. Jack, could you give us maybe a 60-second overview for those who may be saying, I'm hearing Patrick Henry College for the first time. Yeah, thanks. And I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Patrick Henry was founded in 2000, the year 2000. It's a relatively new college by Michael Ferris, uh, formerly yes. HLDA, and also Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, and he pulled a, a group of us together in the late 90s and asked the question, are we raising a generation of young people who could write the Constitution or write the Bill of Rights? Hmm. And it was, it was a very sobering uh, sort of deal. Uh, question. And so we began to look around and look at some things that were beginning to slide, even in formerly faithful Christian institutions, and and thought, 
there's there's something that we, we should be doing, um, that God was calling us to do something very specific about equipping a generation of leaders, Christian leaders. And so uh, the college was formed, um, and we, we've been in operation now since 2000, and the Lord has blessed us incredibly with what our alums have gone on to do and just seeing great things um, we pull from across the U.S., but actually one of our largest constituencies is from California. Wow. So we are very grateful for the believers in California that are, are that partner with us to try and create the next generation of leaders who are humble before the Lord and are willing to take strong stands from a moral standpoint. Well, there's an event coming up on Saturday, February 24th, and it's right here in our own backyard, about 10 minutes from the Cape Bright Studios at Calvary Chapel Mission Viejo. And it's going to be an opportunity for you to meet President Hay and some other staff members and also some alumni as well. That As a, as a dad who has, uh, my kids are all through the college world now, including grad school. That's the one thing I want to talk to. I'll, I can all talk to the leadership all day long. I want to talk to satisfied customers. If you yes. will, Pastor Hay, and you've got a whole mix of them coming to Calvary Chapel on Saturday, February 24th. Talk about what that event's going to be like. Yeah, thank you. It's an opportunity for us to to uh, be in the market and to talk about uh, some important things. The, the theme of the conference is what does it mean to think biblically and to lead courageously? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great conversation, both with adults, but especially with teenagers. Yeah. It's, they're trying to sort through things, man. They're just inundated on every side. It's incredible stuff. So how do I, how do I think about this biblically? Um, and I'll also be bringing the head of our history department uh, that will give a lecture on what does it look like to, to see God at work through history, through the good things and the bad things, but to see it, it part of God's redemption story as it plays out with history. Um, and we'll be just spending time uh, together, getting to know them and ans answering their questions uh, and considering this idea of, of biblical worldview. What is that and why does it matter? You know, one of the things I love about this event, and we're talking about a special open house that's happening, it's the Patrick Henry College's Student Impact Summit that's coming to the Southern California area here at Calvary Chapel Mission Viejo on Saturday, February 24th. And we've got a link up at thebottomlineshow.com. You can sign up for early bird pricing. Uh, this is something that... As we think about, you know, education and kids, I, I know there are a lot of parents and a lot of grandparents who are watching, you know, the, their children and grandchildren in their first, second, third grade. And college seems like it's it's kind of far way off. What typically, when you have a summit like this, President, hey, what what is the age range of the students that are coming and the parents or grandparents that are coming with them? Yeah, gen generally, they're going to be a middle school and high school. Okay. Um, um, but there could be parents or just that are, they have very young children. They're just coming and trying to figure out, are there options out there that I need to be thinking about? But generally, as far as the engagement, uh, it's, it's middle school to high school. Hmm. It's a good time to be thinking about that and involving the kids in the conversation. Mm -hmm. I would imagine there are a lot of parents, too. I mean, we see what's happening in public schools. Um, I have actually two of my kids are teaching in public school right now. And I so appreciate the witness that they're bringing to you know that public school arena, especially here in the People's Republic of California, as we like to call <laughs> it. But I know more and more parents are opting for private school, even homeschooling as well. Yeah. And I would imagine Patrick Henry is that kind of diamond in the rough, well-kept secret for, you know, maybe public or private school kids, but the homeschool community, uh, I would imagine there's probably been an immediate connection with the school right away. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right, because the school actually grew out of the homeschooling movement mm. uh, as an option for bright students. I mean, parents were coming to Mike uh, Ferris as he traveled across the U.S. and said, we've got these bright students, where do I send them? And he couldn't come up with an answer. 
Right, right. So to even today, a little over 70% of our students have been homeschooled at some part of their, their educational experience. Um, so we get homeschooling and I'm, I'm a homeschooling dad myself. Um, so it's, it's one of those uh, things that's part of our DNA. I'm talking with Jack Hay today here on The Bottom Line Show. He's the president of Patrick Henry College. And coming up this on Saturday, February 24th at Calvary Chapel Mission VAO, great church, Brian Dagan, the, the pastor there, uh, my church, Lutheran Church of the Cross up the road, uh, used to support the Dagans when they did ministry work in the Czech Republic for years. And so when I saw that you were hosting this event at Brian's church, I thought, boy, you could not have picked a better spot uh, for something like this to happen. And whether you're in San Diego or San Bernardino, Riverside County, LA County, it's a relatively easy drive. So it's very, very centrally located, even for our Northern California listeners, you might want to look into, uh, you know, hopping on that one hour commuter plane and, and making the trip down. Uh, as you talk about the event, could it help us understand what the day looks like. I mean, there is a, a small cost involved for mm -hmm. this to participate in the event, but the day itself is going to, it'll be very robust, but also very, very efficient to talk well, about that. Well, that's, that's exactly right. The hours are from nine to four. Uh, and we'll begin with a, a time of worship together. Um, and then I will have a general session, a plenary session, where I talk about the need for moral courage mm -hmm. in our country. And what does moral courage look like? And, and it's a different, moral outrage is very different from moral courage, right? And so drawing those distinctions of what does it mean to look at the, the world and all the situations we have around us through a biblical lens. Um, then we'll have a, a, a short break and then we'll break go into three breakout sessions. And I'll lead one on leadership uh, that's focused on helping young people understand what does it mean to be cultivating my leadership, even if I'm a middle school or high school student, how do I figure out what kind of leader I am? And then how do I use that to honor God? And even, even in school, how do I do that? Um, then our, our, our head of our history department will be leading uh, a breakout session on the view of history, a biblical view of history uh, through, uh, through ancient history all the way through up through U.S. history. It'll be like a lecture, kind of a day at, at PHC, a lecture from him. Uh, he's very engaging. He's actually from uh, Southern California and did his PhD work at UCLA. Hmm. So it's kind of coming back back home for him. Yeah, sure. And then we have one of our alums that that's, that's, uh, will come and talk about what does it look like to live out your faith in a hyper-secular work environment, right? Hmm. So, um, it, it, so how do you how do you be a faithful witness in a hyper-secular environment? Um, so I, th I think that, and, and so people will rotate through all three of those breakout sessions throughout the day where there'll be a break for lunch. And the, the breakout sessions are generally an hour each. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's that's how the day breaks out. We try to be very efficient. My background is, as you said, I was a baker, right? So yeah. It's it's about, you know, we got to make sure we're, we're making good use of everyone's time. Absolutely. And I like to tease myself in this. I'm talking with uh, President Jack Hay, who's the president of Patrick Henry College, as we're discussing their upcoming uh, student summit, uh, the Student Impact Summit for Southern California. It's going to be held Saturday, February 24th at Calvary Chapel Mission Viejo. We've got all the particulars up at thebottomlineshow.com. More to come in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. 
One of the things I appreciate, and I know you do too, about preborn is the fact that they tell you the truth about where you are in pregnancy. You know, it, 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 it's amazing how the National Institute of Health and the CDC wants to classify pregnancy as a quote-unquote illness, so then they can prescribe quote-unquote treatment medication in the form of an abortion pill to end the abortion. Well, that's crazy. We know, you know and I know, that God creates each of us in the womb of our mothers, and he creates each of us uniquely for a purpose. And 85% of the women who go to preborn clinics and they don't hear the, the propaganda from the abortion industry that says you, your two choices are either abortion or misery, that there are three options. And the third one involves basically choosing life for the child and releasing that child for adoption. I want to thank a couple of people for their very generous donations to Preborn. Dean in National City made a $1,400 donation. Dave in Lake Forest, a $500 donation. Uh, and also Edward in Norfolk, Nebraska, who listens online with a 48 monthly dollar donation. Uh, go to kbrightradio.com. Click on the preborn banner and make your best donation today. It's completely tax deductible. 100% of your donation goes to ultrasound technology, and we're saving lives and saving babies through preborn. Click on kbrightradio.com, hit the preborn banner today. Talking with President Jack Hay, who's the president of Patrick Henry College, as we're discussing their upcoming uh, student summit, uh, the Student Impact Summit for Southern California. It's going to be held Saturday, February 24th at Calvary Chapel Mission Viejo. We've got all the particulars up at the bottomlineshow.com. And this is an event I would encourage bottom line listeners if you don't have a kid in this age range, or maybe more importantly, a grandchild who you would uh, want to support, this is also this is a very worthwhile. Uh, school and endeavor to support. And I, I'm glad that uh, your alumna is going to be or with you in tow, uh, President Hay, because of the fact that I'm, uh, my skeptical self, my, it's funny, I, uh, teasing earlier, uh, my undergraduate is in accounting. So I, you know, how I wound up in broadcast ministry, I like to talk, I like the radio, God had other ideas than what I was thinking. But it's nice that when you bring that business background, there's a part of me that says, okay, a classical liberal arts education is good, but it has to pay off in the marketplace. And the yeah. fact that you've got an MBA from Patrick Henry College coming to address the students and say, trust me, this is the grounding that you want, yeah. but also you're going to be able to do something with your degree. Talk about why that's important. Yeah, days. that's very, very important. In fact, the, uh, the young woman that'll be joining us uh, finished here and then went to Israel, uh, to a university in Israel to do her MBA. Wow. And she had a lot of job opportunities to stay in Israel. Um, mm -hmm. She came back and we got a phone call not long after she graduated number one in her class. Excellent. But a lot of, uh, we had a phone call from the uh, university to say, can you send us more of her? <laughs> right? Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah, because, you know, one of the important things is, is and we miss out on this in higher education, there's there's so many other things that get chased, but uh, at PHC, we're focused on how do you, how do you equip um, students and young adults to think clearly through complex issues? How do you give them the skills to write well and concisely and express their thoughts? And then how do you give them the skill to speak articulately? Right. So think about those three, three things to think critically and mm -hmm. to write persuasively and with mm -hmm. conviction and to speak with bold humility. Now, that's going to do well just about anywhere you go. Right. 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 And those are vital skills to have. I was mm -hmm. reading a, a leadership blog earlier this week where the contributor for that uh, day's post was talking about the fact, to your point about being able to write persuasively. And he said, you know, that's what I look for whenever I'm considering someone, whether it's CEO of a company or a pastor or, you know, in terms of executive search, what I'm looking for, anybody can give a talk. 
Anybody with the right charisma can charm their way into or out of any situation they want to. He said, I want to see what, how they write and how they articulate that that way. And when there are so many kids where you see school districts imposing a, what we better put, we, let's reintroduce cursive. You know, yeah. I think there's some school districts in Texas, they're considering it a second language, you know, I mean, because <laughs> it's it's so foreign. And yet you and I come from an era when yeah. even if you went to college and listened to it and recorded it, you went back and wrote your notes down. Yes. There's something about that classical liberal arts foundation that we've lost. And when people hear liberal arts, the first thing I think of is, oh my gosh, here comes that progressive nonsense, right. you know, that's all woke and whatever. But help us understand the Patrick Henry College commitment to what classical liberal arts, what does that really mean, President Jack? Kane? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right, because it, it does get a lot of bad press and you think, okay, that's a degree in basket weaving. Right. Um, but, but it's not. And, and if you look at the kind of the original meaning of liberal arts, it was an, or the liberal education, it was an education that was worthy of a free man. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, going way back into antiquity, that's what a liberal education is. But, but a lot of things we've taken and changed the meaning of the words. But for us, it is how do you take the whole, the whole expanse of learning and the, the concept of university is everything should be integrated. And we believe in a Christian university, it should not only be integrated, and knowledge, but also reflect how God has revealed himself through all of those disciplines. How do you see God in mathematics and physics and, and rhetoric? And so in order to develop the kinds of skills, because one of the things that we did at the very beginning was try to figure out um, what, how were the founding fathers educated? What books did they read? How did they learn to debate complex issues with themselves? And went back and looked at that and then figured out how can you translate that into the 20th century? So we came up, there's a 63 unit course. So for the first two years, all of our students take the same classes, mm. all studying rhetoric. They're all studying theology. They're all studying physics and geometry, freedom's foundations about our country. Uh, they all take constitutional law. Um, and so when they finish those two years, they have had a very rigorous education where they've had to write a lot and defend mm. their opinions a lot. So when they get to the upper classes, they're they're really able to take off and study at a very high level um, because they have that core understanding. And for a faculty, they know every book they've read, mm. every concept that they've been challenged with. I think that's wonderful. Jack Hay is with me today here on The Bottom Line, president of Patrick Henry College. We've got a link up at thebottomlineshow.com, not only for phc.edu, but also for their special Southern California Summit. It's the Patrick Henry College Student Impact Summit. The LA edition is coming to Calvary Chapel Mission Viejo on Saturday, February 24th. And we've got a link uh, at thebottomlineshow.com to how you can sign up. There's a uh, there, there's a nominal cost to cover the cost of expenses and you know food and that type of thing. But this is definitely an informational set, segment, at which point you'll begin to realize that every student who graduates from Patrick Henry College actually understands that rhetoric isn't a bad thing. Um, I think in the culture, when you hear, oh, there goes that rhetoric again. <laughs> It's like, wait, what happened to grammar and logic and rhetoric? I mean, that's the way the educational system used to function here in the United States. Um, there are, uh, we're going to go right to the, the pocketbook now here, because obviously a good education is not inexpensive. And we hear about the skyrocketing costs of going to a four-year school or a five or six or nine-year school to try to get your bachelor's degree at most of the leading universities these days. How does Patrick Henry rank and how can our listeners get behind this? Because I'm talking to a lot of grandparents right now who are probably saying, well, I don't know if I should help out. It's probably more important now than ever before, I would mm -hmm. say, President Jack Hay, for grandparents yeah. to say, we have to step up to protect the next generation. 
Well, it is. It's about preserving the next generation and actually preserving America, the America that we know. Mm -hmm. uh, we do not accept government funding because yeah. government funding hey. comes with lots of strings mm -hmm. and lots yeah. of programs that have to be supported. And we do not also, we have a, a no long-term debt policy mm -hmm. and the Lord has provided. So everything that we have here, the Lord's provided. Uh, and so we do depend on uh, partners to help us because all of our students uh, are, are scholarshiped uh, and, and we attract very bright students and they have lots of options. And so about 98% of our students come here on um, significant scholarships. And so our, we raise money every year to support those scholarships. Um, um, by a lot of college standard, it's a fairly modest amount. It's about $3.8 million. Mm -hmm. Because our student body is 400 students, and it's okay. small by design. Mm -hmm. um, I'm often asked, well, how big do you want it to be? Well, it's not up to me. It's really what the Lord has called us to do. Amen. And the type of education we do, you have to have a small gearing between faculty and staff because uh, and, and students, because there's this mentorship that goes on. And, and as our Dean of Academic Affairs says every year at the beginning of the school, that encouraging the faculty, they need to see you as subject matter experts, but more importantly, they need to see you as older brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. Right? Because Amen. you have an opportunity. In fact, you have a responsibility. You have these kids for four years. What are you going to do with them? Mm -hmm. So yes, our the uh, our, the relationship with our donors is very, very important. Uh, and you can go to phc.edu, find out ways to help. You know, I'm so grateful to hear you speak in those terms of, of regarding the the financial accountability and not being beholden to the government. I think that is, it, it's becoming more and more important. And we've seen this happen here. There are some outstanding Christian universities on the left coast here that have really had to buckle under the pressure of, yeah. well, what happens if you are in the federal programs that are a nice pipeline that can actually sustain a Christian university. But as things have become more progressive, for you to say, look, this is the size, this is the scope, this is what we're trying to, imp the impact we're trying to have. And to hear that so many students have at least some kind of scholarship opportunity and won't be graduating with student debt, yeah. which is just, it, I, I, I know too many parents in my generation who have children who would love to get married, but because the student let, loan debt is basically the size of a mortgage payment, yeah. they can't get it. And they, it seemed like a great idea at the time, but how do you get on with your life if you're dragging that around with you? So I yeah. love Patrick Henry College's commitment to not having students graduate with a ton of debt. Um, president Jack Hay, the president of, of uh, Patrick Henry College is with me today here on the Bottom Line Show. We're talking about their Student Impact Summit that is going to bring students and families from all over the Southland, all over down the West Coast, and even I would imagine it in Nevada and Arizona too. Does the, does the reach extend that far? Yeah, I mean, obviously there, we've already heard from some folks from Arizona that want to drive over. So that's that's very encouraging. Yeah, good. Um, give you've got 60 seconds left we'll get we call it the elevator talk in the industry uh give us your best pitch president jack Hay, for why our listeners would want to be involved in not only in the student leadership summit for patrick henry college but also to become involved with the school on the whole thank you um it's, it's so important now more than ever that we recognize the importance of thinking biblically and um, and anchor our decisions, anchor our educational choices, anchor our integrity, our our, our ethics in biblical morality uh, and in biblical principles. Um, and so, this particular summit, we're going to talk about what does it mean to lead 
from a biblical perspective? What does it mean to even think about looking at the world through a biblical lens? Um, and and it's, it's such an important thing for us to be thinking about because, you know, we spend $1.6 trillion a year in education. Oh, my. And I am reminded, and that's the most recent figure, uh, uh, Haggai has a wonderful word, uh, word for us on this. In Haggai chapter one, it, it talks about all the good things that the people were doing, but he says it's like putting money with a purse with holes in it mm. because they had forgotten the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we can have all kinds of programs. And if we don't start in the right place, we're not going to end in the right place. Amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, Jack Hay, the president of Patrick Henry College, phc.edu is the website, the Patrick Henry College Student Impact Summit coming to Southern California, Saturday, February 24th. There's a link for how you can register up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pray for the school, pray for the leadership. If God is compelling you to uh, stand with them financially to that partnership, will pay huge dividends, not only in our nation moving forward, but also for all of eternity with the biblical. Uh, it's right there in their, in their mission statement. Think biblically and lead courageously. Uh, Jack Hay, thank you so much. And we're looking forward to meeting you uh, on Saturday, February 24th, when you're here in Southern California. So thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Rogers. My, my pleasure. Thank you. Good conversation, as always, and we have a link for the event up at, just contact Calvary Chapel Mission Viejo if you're interested, and I know that people are going to be coming from far and wide and even from out of state uh, to this event tomorrow, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I encourage you to, uh, to check it out. We'll take a final, uh, take a quick break here and come back with our final segment for the week coming up next as the bottom line continues. For more than 50 years, Dennis Wilson has been offering better alternatives to what the market offers when it comes to investments like certificates of deposit and real estate investment trust. Dennis's 3D account pays even better than market interest rate. Here's Dennis to explain. So what is a 3D account and how does it work? A 3D account is a real estate-backed investment without Wall Street risk. It pays an amazing interest of 7% for the next three years. At the end of three years, you can take your money out So you can see it's definitely not a REIT, or you can reinvest it at 7% in a new program. Go ahead and call today and ask about the 7% account. And then while you're on the phone and ask about our accounts that pay even higher amounts for funds over 250,000. Learn more about Dennis Wilson's 3D Money account, the better alternative to the Real Estate Investment Trust. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, Wilson Financial, simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I think the, the key for this whole program today has just been to look at God eternally rather than just temporally. Too often in this life, we look at our seasons of life, whether it's childhood, young adulthood, parenthood, uh, seniorhood, and we have a tendency to think of God in those terms. God, get me through each of these seasons and I'm going to be okay. Without realizing that we are eternal, our souls are eternal. What we're going through right now in this life is temporal. And so whether it's education, work, uh, the conflicts that we're dealing with, um, this is... It's all part of the training process and God is in the process of sanctifying you and me for his kingdom purpose. Um, I I know that uh, recently I just got back from the uh, National Religious Broadcasters Convention and it was an unusual one for me this year because last year I didn't go. They moved it to closer to uh, start of summer. We had a ton of things going on in our family and uh, I just wasn't able to block out four or five days to go to Orlando right before Memorial Day. And so coming back this year was very interesting to be around some of the same people that I've been seeing for years at the conference, but I missed a year. 
And it was interesting to see how many people were not terribly present for me in the bottom line show that had been in the past, largely because personnel had changed, their situation had changed, they're chasing different goals and dreams and whatever, but also because they didn't see me last year, that kind of out of sight, out of mind. And it really made me realize how important it is for us not to put God in that same category. How often it is, how easy it is for us to get involved in the whole practice of I am doing my thing, I am serving the Lord, and I'll check in with him whenever I need to, rather than, wait, it's a daily walk. And remember, this is an eternal relationship. It's your most important relationship. It's the relationship, if the relationship with God weren't there, nothing that you're doing in life matters. So rather than getting down on yourself over the fact that the job didn't work out, or the retirement account doesn't look like you wanted to, or... You know, and let's face it, there are a lot of folks in the greatest generation who have some issues with their adult children and um, the, the wealth that they had is going to get redistributed. But at the end of the day, how do you view it? I mean, when Dennis Wilson and I have talked often about the fact that uh, we, so many people work so hard to accumulate a certain amount of money, and then if they leave it to dependents, oftentimes 90% of those people go through that sum within a year. They don't, it's still not there. So the question is, what, how are you leaving that kind of legacy? Same thing happens for us eternally. You are investing so many hours of your life into your job, into your ministry, into your family, into your marriage. And at the end of the day, you have to ask the question, but what does God want? What does God expect? What is God planning for, for us? And I encourage you to keep going, keep fighting the fight, keep staying the course, because I don't believe God put us into the boxes that we Americans put us into, to find benefit uh, retirement plans, sit around in nursing homes for 10, 15 years. I mean, there are so many things we can do, but ultimately there's going to come a point where God calls us home before him, and we're going to be judged and rewarded. What are you doing today toward building that relationship? That's the ultimate quote-unquote retirement plan. And it's just unfathomable to think of how good and rich and fulfilling it's going to be. We can't even imagine it this side of eternity. But until then, work for things that don't perish, but store up your treasures in heaven. That is good news, and that's the bottom line.